All of this and more coming up on Drama School Dropout. If you could die, that would be great. The class in front of us, two years older than us, came out, including mm. Rita Ora, and she looked at my mate Perry and said, I, uh, if you were in my year, and then winked at him. I, I wouldn't be as annoyed that my feet pictures were on a website. I'd be more annoyed that I didn't get a cut of the money. Welcome back to another episode of Drama School Dropout, the UK's third best drama podcast. As per usual, my name is Ingram Noble and I am your resident drama school dropout. And this week it's episode 182 and I am joined by one of the stars of Netflix's current number one TV show, One Day. Please help me welcome to the podcast, Johnny Weldon. Drama School Dropout, no graduation day for you. Welcome to the podcast. How are we? Thank you so much, man. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm good. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. I've been, I've done a few podcasts. It all feels quite new to me. But thank you for having me on. Do you know? I think genuinely, podcasts are like as much as they have taken over the world. I genuinely think there's still more to come and it's my favorite form of entertainment i'm training at the minute to do i'm doing the london marathon this year yeah. and uh i'm now reached the stage where i have to go and ra- run like minimum uh, half marathon every weekend it's just disgusting it is ridiculous and po- thank god for podcasts because if it wasn't for podcasts mm. i'd just be screaming I have a massive list of recommendations. Send you oh. them over. Top one, obviously, being Drama School Dropout. Everybody yeah, listening, yeah. make sure you're yeah, recommending it to early. all your friends. Um, but how's life been? Because it's been, we were talking about it just before we started recording, but it's been a mad couple of years. And I imagine life has only got slightly madder because you're in the brand new adaptation of One Day that's now streaming on Netflix. Everybody listen to this, then go watch it. But how's life? Uh, life's good. Yeah, thank you. It's been, it has been a mad week. So today's Tuesday the 13th. It obviously dropped on the 8th of February, a mm-hmm. kind of a, a day that my life was leading towards for such a long time. I actually found out relatively recently it was going to be February the 8th, because on set there was all these rumours that it was going to be the end of 2023, yeah. and then everyone started to go, oh no, but it'll probably get pushed back, it'll get pushed back a little bit. So yeah, February the 8th it came out, um, so it's not even been a full week yet, and it's been, it's been mad, it's been mainly just sort of me glued to my phone and glued to the TV, watching watching bits re-watching little bits avoiding bits and then you know there's been a, a, an incredible amount of love coming our way mm. from people that have enjoyed it and lots of catching up with each other because we made it so long ago we made it in 2022 we just had to sit on this throughout all of last year do little bits of adr and so to now suddenly share it with everyone it's a yeah mm. it's a super exciting time and and so far the response has been great and hopefully that will continue I think something that we were talking about prior to recording as well that's helped with a lot of bringing things forward in release dates is the SAG strike. Right. So everything that was sort of planned to go out at the end of the year, people are kind of like, well, what we did have planned to go out now, we couldn't make because everyone was stuck at home. So I think that's really helped. And do you know what? I will never... I'm a real, like, weird actor. I prefer TV to film. Like, a lot of actors will be like, I'm a film buff. I'm such uh-huh. a TV buff. I will never complain to good new television coming out. I'll never complain about that. Yeah, I mean, I love film and I love TV, but TV is like the new, the new, uh, it's the big screen now, really, isn't mm. it? 
streaming because like now there's such an overwhelming amount of streaming platforms and also big big movies as well go straight to netflix and amazon i think which um, i think has kind of dare i say ruined it yeah but do you still do you still go to the cinema only for very hyped up occasions what's the so hype? like oh like a big like barben barbenheimer or i didn't go and see that oh. that was just not really anything that appealed to me but like the last time i went to the cinema was for the new hunger games but I'm a child of the books. Do you know what I mean? So I was waiting, like literally that book came out in lockdown. And I don't know if I should say this, but I will say this. I was at the front doors of Asda at seven o'clock that release morning. Oh wow! I was also getting essential shopping at the same time. Um, <laughs> and I went home and I just sat and read this book all day. So like things that like, like what would I class as a big event? Is there any films coming up that... I will be going to see. I don't think so, actually. We're off to see for Valentine's Day. Tomorrow, we're going to see All of Us Strangers. Have you seen that yet? No, I haven't. Yeah, well, I'm a big Andrew Scott fan. I'm Paul Mescal, obviously. That's what that is. I do need to watch that. That is, It is on my list. But, yeah. like, I'm not, like, I've got friends that, like, religiously go weekly. Oh, okay. That's so not, not like... We're more thing. Kind of just re-watch a sitcom that we love, or just now the traitor's finished, we just <sighs> stare at the wall. What are we going to do without Diane? I sat next to Paul the other night at the theatre. I couldn't. I'd, I'd, we, I'd be I thrown out of the theatre. Believe it. I went to see some stand-up, and he walked, he walked past me, sat next to me, and I just, like, and, you know, I said to him, can I have a selfie? And it was so normal for him to be bothered, obviously. I had a chat with him. He was very, very cool, very nice guy. My dad had never seen The Traitors. He's like one of the few people. So I went, Dad, you know, this is Paul from The Traitors. He was like, The Traitors, he did the bow. <laughs> and and he went, um, I don't know, I've not seen it. I went, he's literally the most famous person in the country. Mm. Well, it is Diane, I, I feel like. I'm going to hold Diane slightly higher. But a question that I love to ask everybody that comes on the podcast is, how did you get into acting and what was your first ever role? doesn't have to be a professional one. We love a good nativity story. Played the Sheriff of Nottingham. Love that. In the New Milton Junior School production of Robin Hood. Had a solo, had a song. And um, what really annoyed me about the song is that it wasn't a backing track. They were singing on the on the song on the on the CD that they press play. So I was singing, and uh, you guessed it. There's no mics, not in the school hall. So I'm 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 competing with a pre-record. I can't remember the song, but yeah, that was it. And my dad, like, face painted a beard on me for the performance when I was about seven. I think that was my first credit. <laughs> Still on my spotlight. I was going to say that's the one that got the spotlight going. I think that got the one day producers thinking, who's this guy? <laughs> um, but I think there's, obviously you said you started young with acting yeah. and I think there's such a difference of like doing it in school or going to after school clubs and stuff. And there's a difference of then saying like, no, this is actually what I want to do with my yeah. life and my career. Do you remember that moment where you were kind of like... No, because well, I didn't re I didn't really have that. What happened for me was I was quite, I suppose, a bit ba badly behaved or just quite, like, kind of destructive at school, kind of quite loud. Mm. And I, I basically would get more joy out of trying to be a bit disruptive and show off and always in the name of kind of, like, attention-seeking and fucking about. Um, but I always got involved in drama. I always got involved in, like, the school play yeah. and things like that. And then... 
before I was probably expelled forever, my my it's all thanks to my mum really. She was like, let's try and and not in a pushy mum way. She was just trying to kind of harness my desperate need to mess around and was like, let's uh, take him to drama clubs and things like that. And then it was literally for for fun because she saw it in the paper. There was a local open audition for. Mary Poppins and uh, went along to it, got it, got the recall, went up to London and then a few weeks went by and we kept going through the recalls and then eventually the final, final, final stage uh, was on stage at the Prince Edward Theatre when I was about 11 from Kemmer McIntosh with a few other people and, um, and then got it. So, and even then when I was doing it and then I did other shows after that, I wasn't taking it seriously because I was a kid, you know, yeah. I didn't really understand the importance of it or anything. It wasn't until way later in my late teens and my early twenties that I was then considering this is what I, what I do. Even though I did it throughout my teenage years, understanding fully what it was and what I was set up for didn't come until a fair bit later. Did you like sort of... I know you said you didn't understand the importance of it, but did you understand, like, especially there's just something in the back of my head that goes, how the fuck does a kid audition for Cameron McIntosh without absolutely pissing themselves with nerves? I guess so. I guess so. I mean, I mean, yeah, I, I guess I would have been very nervous. And in that moment, I'd have seen it as a big deal and understood my own little 11 year old version of what it was. But what I mean is that, like, you know, I didn't have any consequence. I didn't understand consequence. I didn't understand yeah. longevity. I didn't understand Rent what was it still paid. getting paid. Like now, obviously, when you do a job, you're thinking about money and you're thinking about um, what this might do for you. And you're thinking about the kind of box ticking elements of your life, like in your career and out of your career and how it's going to be helpful and why you should do it and things like that. None of that back then, obviously, it was just like a massive playground, you know? Yeah. And obviously as well, it's, it's, it's a totally different experience because you don't do... You only do eight shows a week. You do about three shows a week. Whatever you get, if you get paid, I can't remember. We get like twenty quid, and then that your that your parents just get that, I guess. Um, uh, do they not so, do the Coogan accounts over here, or is that just America? What's that when they like put it in a thing? And you yeah, the, I think it's it's not all of it. I think it's something like twenty five percent has to go into an account. Well, I, my supportive, lovely parents were driving me up and down from Bournemouth to do this. Yeah, so give them the petrol money. money. They were like, that is going straight in our pockets, thank you. <laughs> do they still take a 20% commission? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 12 and a half, actually. They're not 12... that well, that's, that's pretty decent, actually, as long as they're bringing the work in. My yeah. mum takes 20% and does fuck yeah. all. <laughs> but if... If my research is correct, you also studied at the Sylvia Young Theatre School. I did, yeah. And one of my favourite things to talk about in acting classes, drama schools, anything like that, is the funny and crazy shit that happens. Because stuff happens behind those doors that, like, people just don't believe. Like, I tell, like, my close group of mates are not involved in this industry at all. The only times they've ever been to the theatre is when I've been like, please come, I'm not selling tickets. Yeah. I need asses on seats. Um. And I tell them stuff and they're like, so then you phoned the police and they were arrested. And I'm like, no, we carried on with the rehearsal. Do you have a favourite story you can share with us? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I think I, I'm trying to, I think a story will probably 
appear in my mind maybe as I continue to talk but the nature of Sylvia's in itself what I mean it was I'm so glad I went I'm so glad I had the opportunity to go but it was a fucking mental teenage experience basically what yeah. they do Monday to Wednesday and this is not me hating them at all it's just, just how bizarre it is Monday to Wednesday you do regular academic studies then Thursday and Friday the whole school transforms into just purely like total vocational studies and the facilities were shit now they're brilliant they've moved to a new school but back then the facilities were rubbish so where you had science on a Tuesday with like Bunsen burners on the thing, you'd be doing ballet at like 11am on a Thursday and the art room, you'd be doing like zips out boying improv on a Friday afternoon. Um, and then the school had an agency as well. So what there was a door and it was like what I imagine the pearly gates must look like. It was just this door and all you wanted to do was walk through it. Cause it was like, if you were going in that room, you had a job or you had an audition and what they did is outside the 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 agency door there was a list of every name of every student in the school on a big bit of paper on a chart and there was only about 100 150 students in the school and if your name was highlighted that meant that you could you could go into the agency because they had a job for you or mm. they had a and then all the kids would like rush there and they would look at it and you might, your friend might be highlighted or you might be highlighted and your friend wouldn't be highlighted. So like we just kind of had instilled in us competition and this, the, the adult part of the industry, you know, kind of forced into our little 12 year old brains, which was mad. I suppose it was a great thing though, because it kind of set you up for what mm. what was to come, rejection and competition and hope and all of that, all of that stuff. Mm. But yeah, no, it was a really, really brilliant, mad place where basically 100 to 150 teenagers were just running around screaming, dancing and singing all the time. It was just crazy. One of my favourite stories that's ever been told on the podcast happened at Sylvia Young Theatre School. And I'm yeah. not going to be able to tell it verbatim, so go back and listen to the episode, everyone. It was when I had Gemma Mackenzie Brown on. Oh, Gemma, she was the year below. I know Gemma, she was the year below me at school. She told this story about how something had happened, and along came Rita Aura, who told Gemma to feel how smooth her armpits were. Wow! And did. I just think like Rita Aura that we all now know for masked fame, fame, masked singer fame. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And various oh. other things. I remember queuing to go into a class when I was about 14, 15 years old. And Rita Ora was always like the hottest girl in the school. You know, mm. she was like permanent. What Rita Ora looks like now, in my mind, she looked like that when she was 16 and I was like 14, you know? Mm. You know, like people of her. And we were me and my mate Perry, he was like my best mate at school. We were waiting to go into a class. And the class in front of us, two years older than us, came out, including mm. Rita Ora. And she looked at my mate Perry and said, I, uh, if you were in my year, and then winked at him and kept walking. Heartbreaking. And that, yeah, not quite me. That is the real competition they were instilling in us. It's Rita Ora <laughs> playing with uh, boys two years younger than but, uh, my Google search after that, how to forge my birth certificate. Yeah, you know it. Yeah, exactly. Until it, was great, it was a great place, though. I'm so yeah. glad, you know. Um, yeah. I hear nothing but good things about it. I think so. I mean, I think for some people it did really great things and it set them up on a nice trajectory. Some people obviously didn't like it. You know, I know some people that felt like they were a bit of a square peg in a round hole there because it, it is a certain breed of person, you know, I think to a certain extent. There's a lot of variety of people there, but to a certain extent it is a certain type of character that mm. goes to that sort of place. Generally louder, more excitable, um, kind of out, outgoing people. 
um, a lot of money at the school as well. You yeah. know, there's, there's a lot of people with very wealthy parents. I love a nap, old baby. A few of them. And I, I do think there were some people that kind of weren't from that world that would feel a bit like, I don't know if I'm, in a way it's a kind of bigger conversation about the industry, but there was a bit, there was a bit of that as well, you know. I can barely do it now, so can't imagine what 14-year-old Ingram would have done. Right. Actually, no. 14-year-old Ingram would have loved it. Like, genuinely, I used to treat school like I was the star of my own Keeping Up With The Kardashians. Absolutely. And quite, and, and so you should have. I, I still do. I don't. I really don't. If anything, like, I think I left sort of a lasting impression on people that maybe think that I think I'm better than I am. Like, maybe right. they think I've got a bit of, like, a, a bit were stuck you, up my own ass. Were you quite confident at school? Very. And that has now changed massively in the fact that now I think I can't do anything. I was like that, though. At school, I was super confident. And then I hit my 20s and then anxiety and crippling insecurities come along. What's all that about? And I swear a lot of people have it the other way. Yeah, so you're supposed to, like, get confident. I'm like you. I will say the only good thing about it is I didn't peak in high school. Oh, okay. There are plenty of people that I went to school with that I can categorically say they peaked in year 11. Oh, okay, right. Like, they are not fun people anymore. Do you still see your old school friends? See, no, because I went to school in Newcastle, and now I live in Glasgow. So okay. I'm, like, three hours away anyway. And when I do go back, it's very much a fly-in visit because my dad still yeah. lives there. But I still keep in touch with maybe three or four people. Yeah. It's, like, one of them is, like, one of my ride-or-dies. Hi, Gabby. Um, I will always okay. talk to her. And then, like, two of my friends are in a band, and we like we like the creatives of the school, and it's a lot of hope you're doing well, hope you're doing well. And then, like, I just did a show two weeks ago, two two weeks ago, first, second, and third of February, whatever it was, and I put all their music in our pre-show playlist. Like, it's very much like we're all doing this. Like, let's support each other. Do you know what I mean? Right. Well, that's nice. We're still friends, but I I don't think I've seen them in five years. Have you had I, a drop, have you had a reunion of any sort of no no and I would I'd RSVP no to that um okay. but I do want to talk to you about one day obviously it's now streaming on Netflix make sure to go in and stream it all give it ratings and reviews because well I don't know how it would work because it's an adaptation of a book but they don't make sequels unless it does good so everybody make it do good saw an article yesterday in a really, I can't remember what it was, it was like Variety or something, Rolling Stone, and it was like, will there be a one day two? That was a, there was a full article about it, and it was like, well, I don't think so. No, not really. I don't You've know how it the works. Series. I don't think, that's, I don't think uh, that in any way is coming. But, um, but that's okay, because we're all just delighted mm. with what we've made and how it's being received. Obviously, it's like an internationally best-selling book, and it's also been a film previously. With is it Anne Hathaway that's in it? Anne Hathaway, yeah, that's right. Did Did you feel any sort of pressure going into production? Because obviously, it's loved by so many people. Yeah. Was there a pressure to get it right? Uh, not on me. Not on me. I think the execs. I think the executive producers um, were obviously brilliant and wonderful to work with. I think there was a pressure on them. I imagine David, wonderful David, he wrote the book. It was an exec would have, would have felt pressure. You know, he obviously wrote the book. It's his baby. He had, he wrote the mm. screenplay for the movie and now this. So I think they would have, and I imagine Leo and Amberka, who played Emma and Dex, would have felt the responsibility because they, yeah. they carry the show. It's them. 
the whole time. It's about two people. My character, I'm in seven of the episodes. There's seven or eight, something like that. There's 14 in total. And it's a, a, I don't know what people call it, supporting, reoccurring, I don't know. So, but it's a slightly smaller role and it's a bit more fun than their roles at times. So, no, I just had loads of fun with it, you know, I didn't, and also as well, people ask me a lot about like, how did I feel filming it? And the truth is, I was, I just wasn't thinking about the magnitude of it. I was just thinking about what I was doing there and then in that moment, and just trying to do the best job and be professional and, and be good. You know, I, I tried to not wear any responsibility too much. I think as much as like a nice leading role name at the top of the poster is really lovely. I actually enjoy playing the smaller characters that you just get to come in and have fun for 10 minutes. Yeah. yeah. I think it's quite nice. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the nice thing about my character Ian is that he comes in, he's a bit of a jokey character early on in the series and then he gets a bit more serious and, uh, towards the end of it. So I had, a, I had a nice art, but it's amazing. The response has been amazing. I don't, had you, had you ever read the book? No. It's right. So it's it's great. on my list. And actually, to be honest, I have a copy of it on my bookshelf. I just yeah. haven't read it yet. And one, once you read that, I just reckon, I mean, David, he's so brilliant. He sees people and he sees situations so well. It, when you read it, you're like, oh God, this is like, he's just, even though it's about people that you've never met and it's in a fictional world, it's like, yeah, God, I'm, I know this world. I know these people. I know these struggles. It's so amazing the way he does mm. it. And uh, his other stuff is great as well. I just, I've read Sweet Sword. The Understudy is brilliant. People listening to this will enjoy that. The Understudy, I think it was his second book. It's about a guy who's a cover in the West End. I'm writing that down. Give me two seconds. Because I love, I love buying a book and never reading it. Oh, yeah, don't we all? It's a nice fly on the wall thing about a guy who's like covering a, an A-lister in the West End. It's very funny, very relatable. About your friend covering Ralph Fiennes. Rafe Fiennes. It's an autobiography. It's his autobiography. He doesn't like it when people call him Ralph. Apparently, I've had that. <laughs> I don't know him personally. I just call him Voldemort. Yeah, that's that's what we'll see. He who shall not be named. That's what we'll stick with. No, um, do you have a, a favourite moment from behind the scenes of shooting the show? I mean, talk about like life of an actor. I was, I, I was doing Panto in York. In dis- November, December, January 2022 into 2023, wrapped on what's well, not panto rehearsals, right? In November, we're still filming. So mm-hmm. I got for the first three days of rehearsals. I get the train back on the Wednesday. I film Thursday, Friday, and then on the Sunday. And on the Sunday, we're filming on the South Bank. And I mean, you've never seen anything like it. Like they've shut down part of the South Bank. There's a inch the big lights and catering trucks and it's just massive massive crew cars waiting to drive us around it's just so fancy and lovely we filmed until about midnight there's a date scene in it and we kind of mm. on the date filmed until about midnight and i just remember kind of looking around and thinking this is pretty cool looking at the london lights everything lit up and we're filming on the south bank it was epic and then we wrapped it about midnight and it was Everyone gathered round. I got a nice big round of applause. I got a little goodie bag, which is mainly loads of beer. And then they, I mean, this is the difference. And then this is like Netflix. They drove, and then like they drove me to York. So I wrapped up about one o'clock in the morning, drove me to York. I got to York at about six, uh, got about an hour sleep. And then I was doing uh, a vocal warm up, ready for a day of panto at 10 a.m. That was how my job finished. But I remember looking around at midnight, filming with Ambika on the South Bank, thinking this is a pretty special moment. Hmm. Do you know, I'm going to slightly divert just purely because I want to want somebody to hear this. 
I have been so against not going to see pantomimes, but acting in them just because it's not my style. Um, uh. And I like I've had the opportunity to audition for stuff and just sort of always said no. Um, and then a panto casting call came up the other day and I looked at it and it was Peter Pan. And anybody that knows me, Peter Pan's my shit. Peter Pan, like, if we get, I'm too old to play Peter. I know that for a fact. But they were casting Captain Hook. And I emailed, and it's somebody that I know that's casting it. And I was like, listen, I, I'll be the best Captain Hook you fucking want. Do you know what I mean? I'll yeah. take a pay cut. And they didn't email me back. So if you're listening, email me back. I want to audition. And that's just me putting my little one pence out in the world. I just, I, I've always wanted to play Peter, but I know I'm too old now, unless we do like a, a hook, Robin Williams version. You'd be a great hook. Uh, I could also, what about Smee? Would you, would you take Smee if Hook I'm was kind, cast? I'm kind of in for Hook or nothing at the moment. Hook or nothing. Do you know, I like in Panther, in, in when you go see a show, right, and you open the program and it will say Hook and as cast. And that means they're pushing on the bed into the nursery at the, <laughs> yeah. in, in the first scene. And then you see them in the second half, you go, that's Hook. Now, yeah, he was, that was a bloke in a, in a yeah, in a hoodie. Yeah. <laughs> love that um but back to one day one of my favorite things to ask anybody because i love to incriminate people did you nick anything from the set yeah loads of things i've got a whole bag of them in the uh in the in, in the front room i've got um there's a big argument scene uh in the in the sh i'm trying not to give anything away but there's a there's a uh, this isn't going to give anything away there's an argument scene in the um well if you haven't watched it yet skip forward like a minute yeah yeah exactly so there's an argument scene between ian and emma and he's gone through her stuff and she's got these kind of uh, album of photos and um i've got a nice photo of leo and ambika that they took on on uh arthur c in in scotland and, and the character in edinburgh and the character ian goes through her stuff and he's looking at all these photos so i nicked one of them and well actually i just put it in my in my costume pocket and then uh the next thing you know it, it's nicks the costume as well and Nick's the you know, the trailer, you name, I'm driving now. And also, I there's a bit when we, they, Emma's a teacher, and they put on a production of Oliver, and I've got the actual programme of Consider Yourself at the Art Oh my God, the art department are unbelievable in that. When you watch it, there's just little things in the background that you barely notice, and it's just these, like, full programmes that were made for the school school performance scene. So I've got one of them, uh, and I collect, I've got all my sides, every side from every day of shooting, a bit nostalgic like that. Mm. I think if I wasn't an actor, that's the job I'd want working on the art department. So impressive. So I impressive. love it. There's a flat, Ian and Emma live in a flat. And like most jobs I've done, when you film an interior, it's like a place that already exists and they've hired mm. it. They built, they built a flat. They built an entire one bed flat in a studio in South London. I've Let never... me go and decorate that. Yeah, there you go. Let Ingram loosen it. I'd never seen anything like it. And and their flat ages as well over various episodes. So it changed, developed. I, I, yeah, hats off to them. Do you have a, a favourite moment where you sort of go back and like look at it and go, fuck me, I'm good? <laughs> no, I don't think fuck me, I'm good ever. I, I, th this is the first project I've done that I can just about watch. A lot of my stuff before it, I really hate. A lot of the stuff I've done before this... I'm in it for like five, ten minutes, and it's like, oh, good, right, well, I've seen that now, and now let's never watch it again. This project I'm quite proud of. 
there's um there's a scene in in episode five when they go on a, a date and it starts off quite awkward and then towards the end of it it's quite romantic and i think i'd like to think that Ambika and i have nice chemistry in that scene so i'll probably be quite proud of that i should look out for it i'm only on episode one. Oh, okay mm. at the top of what about to press play yeah no i'm joking um but for everybody out there make sure you're streaming one day on netflix now go do it now well finish listening to this but then go and listen to it and post about it on social media all the good stuff um a question that i love to ask everyone that often causes mass hysteria is if a casting director came to you tomorrow and said listen i want to do a two-hander with you in the west end but i don't know who i want to put you with and you can pick anyone in the world to be your co-star but they have to be alive who are you picking? See, this is hard because I immediately think something like Julie Walters, right? Mm-hmm. Because, like, can you imagine? Very popular answer. Is it? Yeah. But then she'd obviously be better than me. Oh, mine's better than me. But I don't and... want them to be better than me. Oh, no, I'm happily be... open to it. No, because of the I want somebody who'd be brilliant to hang out with. But 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 I, I, I'm on the front of the Guardian. Uh, it will just pick me then. and I'll... Yeah, no, that's where my mind goes. Who would I, what would I do? Oh, God. No, I think, um, I think, uh, yeah, maybe it's boring, but somebody like Judy Walters. I'll tell you what, I did a job a few years ago with Celia Imry, and I just sat opposite her with, like, my kind of my hand on my chin, just with my head tilted like that. And I was just like, tell me everything. Tell me She's everything. so good. So um, I'd love to hang out more, but I was only with her for a couple of days. So, and she was so humble and sweet to see it, and I'd learned a lot from Celia Imry, so that's my answer. Mine's been the same since like episode ten. Tom, Tom Holland actually. Yeah, you can be Juliet. Shall be Juliet. Yeah. <laughs> um. No, mine's been the same since like episode ten. Catherine Tate. Oh, that'd be fun. She would make me look like a piece of shit, and I'm perfectly at peace with it. That's yeah. Well, that's quite nice. And I bet yeah. you'd have a real laugh. But I don't want to do comedy with her because that is setting myself up for like mass failure. Sure. Putting myself like as much as I'm a funny guy, I can say that not Catherine Tate funny. She should be. She, the other thing as well is that she'd get all the money. I think about that. As well. She can have it all. Like Thank I will you. literally two acts with Catherine Tate. Give me a couch to sleep on and a train from Glasgow to wherever we are, and an IMDb credit, and I'm good. Perfect. But I want to do Shakespeare with her. Just that's a great. That's a really good question. I'm gonna keep thinking of people. Probably going to wake up screaming Ian McKellen or something. <laughs> like, is everything okay? Um, I mean, no. there's, there's a lot of answers to that question, but let's say Celia Rimmery. That's mm. my today answer. I think it would be better if I said, okay, you're going to do What's Famous Two-Hander now that I can't think of it. If I had, like, you're going to do Rosencrantz and Guildenstein are dead. Like, Celia <laughs> I'd watch it. I'd buy a thing. I'd queue up on AGT for that. Double, double the price, sure. Yeah. Um, you've had such a successful career, but what has been your biggest what the fuck is happening moment in a good way? Okay, this was a weird moment, which I, I'm not gonna forget anytime soon. So obviously in the in the lockdown I made the, all the these the sketches about like the life of an actor that blew up on Twitter. Mm. And the thing that was really mad about that was um I think you actually really set the what is it, the trend for that, because I see a lot of them now especially revolving around like drama teachers in secondary school. And I think you really get off my thing. I think you set the trend for that. I will give you that. Oh no. Yeah. But you can't copyright it. Can you? So you got to let anyone and you know, I don't mind. I don't mind. You should just go comment on them. Thanks for the credit. Yeah. Or put like deja vu, something really (laughs) passive aggressive like that. Uh, This looks familiar. It's like looking in a mirror. Who wrote this? (laughs) 
yeah copyright no i really don't, i really don't i really don't mind you know it's uh it's that's fine whatever it's all good but the the yes yeah, so i was making them in my wife's dad's house because that's where i spent eight months of the lockdown and i'd not left the house and over a few months i'd gone from like a total no one to like now all these casting directors and people knew who i were and i was engaged with all these fancy actors and it was like uh, unbelievable and then on the first weekend that we were like allowed to leave our houses lucy and i my wife were like let's go down to london we've not been to london in eight something like eight months let's go and enjoy it so we go down to richmond for the day we thought that'd be a nice place to day drink and stuff like that and it's like six o'clock and we're drinking outside the cricketers pub in richmond and um we're talking about ted lasso because that they filmed that show around there mm. i was pointing out to my wife saying hello that's where they filmed that scene and that's where they filmed ted's house and blah 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 anyway as we're doing this behind me we can there's an american guy with a hat on and a covid mask so you can only see his eyes but, but he's wearing an afc richmond jumper and i initially thought it, it was like a fan and they were they must sell merchandise in a shop mm. nearby but we became aware it was Jason Sudeikis and it was like seven o'clock in the evening and he's having a pint in Richmond. It's like totally kind of covered. I crept up to him and I said, it was when they were filming series two and I said to him, look, I, uh, I'm really sorry to bother you. I just want to say I'm a big fan of the show and uh, best of luck with filming. That was it. Mm. And then as I said that, uh, it was either Brett Goldstein or Hannah Waddingham like popped out from behind him and went, you're that guy, you're that guy on Twitter, you're, you do the videos, you do the sketches, we love your videos, we watch them on set all the time. And then before you know it, like Nick Mohammed and 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 just all, all the cast, all the kind of mm. core cast were there and they just wrapped on a day's filming. And Jason Sudeikis kind of was like, ah, so who are you? And he shook my hand and we had a chat. And then my wife and I had a beer with the entire cast of Ted Lasso. And that was basically the first time we left the house since the videos had kicked off and suddenly the entire cast of Ted Lasso knew who I was. That was Not a bad way to end lockdown. No, I know. I was lying and I went to bed then. I was lying looking at the ceiling like, ah. Yeah. TikTok videos. Do you know what I mean? That's it. It was, yeah, it was, it was, that was very surreal. We're going to play a game now. This game is my favourite thing in the world. It's called Stage Right or Stage Shite. And it's three stories. Two of them are the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, and have been submitted by listeners. One's a big fat lie that's been made up by our producer, Heather. I've got the answer in a sealed envelope with your name on it, and we've got to find out which one's the lie. These are sometimes disturbing, sometimes great, sometimes make me want to vomit. Who Number made up the lies? So one's been made up by our producer, Heather. Oh, I see. And, and the others have been two submitted. of them have been submitted by listeners, and we've got to find which one's the lie. I can't wait to hear what your demographic comes up with. Yeah. Number one, one of my lecturers got caught with a stack of our headshots in his office. All of them had multiple holes in them. We then realised they'd been attached to his dartboard. <laughs> Number two, at parents' evening, my secondary school drama teacher told my mum that it would be good if she could die before my GCSE performance because it would allow me to enter a really vulnerable state. Number three, we did a Roman tragedy play in third year and we were all wearing skimpy togas and no shoes. Later, we found out that my lecturer had sold the professional photos to a fetish website without oh. telling us. Oh, God. Right, well, it, there's no way the second one can be true. No, it has to be. Number two has there's, to be fair. There's no way a teacher is saying, what was it? She wanted the chicken to die. <laughs> no, the mum to die. So the mum like... to, there's no way... Death of anyone was being discussed by a teacher. I'm going to immediately rule that out as a lie. I I'm going to say that's the lie as well. But could you just imagine, like, for a second, so Mrs. Weldon, um, Johnny's actually really struggling 
um, getting into this state that we need him for his GCSE performance. Um, if you could just die, <laughs> that right. would be really and it great. Was, first was said at Sylvia Young's to get us through a Thursday and a Friday. But also, like, the headshots being stuck to a dartboard, totally believe. Yeah, not, and... not, not impossible. But I do think that is something that might be done in privacy. I yeah. Don't risk. I mean, that is a big risk. Mm. And also the Roman tragedy selling the photos to a fetish website. That's fucked up. Yeah, but do you know what? It could have happened. It would have. and But had a GCSE teacher told somebody's mum to die... I would have said that the um, the fetish website was the lie. Do you think? I think it's a bit of a fucked up world and there's a chance that could be true. But I, I hope it's not true. So maybe it should go with the dartboard. Well, I'm going the lie was the parent, the parents' evening. Definitely the, the teacher saying that you can you should yeah. do that. Could you imagine? I'm a bit concerned about the, the, the toga thing being true. Number two, we were correct. Oh. We were correct. But the toga one then, so... Third year, what are you? 20? 21? I wouldn't be as annoyed that my feet pictures were on a website. I'd be more annoyed that I didn't get a cut of the money. That would be annoying. And also as well, you know, you, you could have had that, that that a nice picture on your spotlight. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Any sort of stage exposure is great for spotlight. Well, I'm assuming that they still got the photos and they had just sold a copy of them. Yeah, possibly. Or in all the photos, they were going, why does it stop at our ankles? Why has it been cut <laughs> off with a really bad pair of scissors? Why are you taking pictures with your iPhone, sir? Yeah, what's all that about? On, on Zoom Lens 3, that's really... Jesus. That's dark. That's disgusting. But if you're listening at home and you've got a story for Stage Right or Stage Right, please email us at dramaschooldropoutpod at gmail.com or go down into the show notes and click the link to the Google form. Submit it completely anonymously. I'm still on that. If you could die, that would be great. I did that was true. Although it's a lie. Um, we have a closing tradition on the podcast where I ask the previous guest to leave a question for the current guest. They don't know who they're asking and you won't know who you're asking. But the question that has been left for us to answer today is, if you could master any random skill, what would it be? Immediately, I think you go. You think about something for your acting, wouldn't you? Like that's where I immediately think, like, what would be good for my career? We'll see. That was my second thought. Yeah, no, but no, but no. Immediately, I've I've just got an espresso coffee machine, right? And uh, on the advert, it's like, make the perfect latte. Do mm. this. Make your foam art. I can't do fucking anything. So mm. it would be to make the perfect latte. I bought it so I don't have to go to Pret every day. And it's still just like watery brown juice. So to master the home latte, if I could do that right now, I'd be thrilled. So my first thought was like something that could earn me a shit ton of money, like computer coding. Oh yeah, I should have thought of something like, like that. Like something like that. And then my second thought was something that could like help me with my career. So I was thinking something along the lines of like graphic design because I produce plays. So I'd be like really good at that shit. So those are like my two answers. Oh, that'd be good. Oh, do you know what else would be good? Being able to put the iPhone screen protector on without any bubbles. Oh, I can do that. Wow. You teach me your ways. What question would you like to leave for the next guest? Doesn't have to be about acting, can literally be about anything you want. But what's coming up next for you? Obviously, again, for everybody listening, make sure you're on Netflix. It's streaming one day now. Do it now. We're at the end of the episode. Go. Um, but what's coming up next? Where can people see you? Anything like that? Uh, I'm shooting a film in a couple of months over the sort of oh. over kind of spring. Um, I don't really, I don't, it's not like I can't say an awful lot about it. I don't know an awful lot about it other than I'm in it. Uh, and uh, I'm also developing my own TV show, a sitcom that I've written, and that's in the early stages of development. So that's going to be my drive and focus and passion for the rest of this year, I think. 
where can everyone find you on social media to keep up to date with what oh, you're doing? Yes, yes. Sorry, can I say a couple of things? So, oh, yes, on sorry. Twitter, on Twitter, it's just my name, Johnny Weldon. On Instagram, it is my name, Johnny Weldon, but with an extra Y in the middle because there's another Johnny Weldon out there who took it, the bastard. And I know. But also, as well, more importantly than watching my sketches or anything like that, this year I'm running the London Marathon. I'm raising money for Target Ovarian, is the name of the charity, Target Ovarian. They um, provide kind of vital research and raise money to try and uh, help women who've got ovarian cancer. My wife lost her mum to ovarian cancer in early 2019, so I'm raising as much money as possible for them. I'm running the marathon on the 21st of April this year, and if you go to the link tree, which is in the bio of my Instagram or my Twitter, the top of the link tree is the, the, the fundraising page. And if you could literally spare a pound or five pounds or 10 pounds or whatever, I'd be hugely, hugely appreciative. And then also as well, if you do donate, DM me any song and I will promise to add it to my playlist that I will listen to on the day whilst I'm running around. I'm also going to make it slightly easier. You don't need to go to the link tree, although follow Johnny on social media. It's the top link right below everything when it says we chat about all this shit. It's literally going to be right there. Click it. Give Johnny some money. Thank you very right much. there but thank you very much for coming on and doing this so lovely Thanks, to man. chat to you what i'd like to say to everybody if you ever find yourself in glasgow please feel free to hit me up first round of drinks are on me okay. um, but genuinely thank you so much for coming on it's been such a well, pleasure thank you and um i look forward to reading your play amazing i will i've literally got a copy sitting there i'll send it to you tomorrow i'll stick it in the post amazing, amazing. have a lovely night and i'll speak to you soon and there we have it, another episode of Drama School Dropout, episode 182 completed. Thank you so much to Johnny for coming on the podcast, and make sure you're following us both on social media. All of the links you'll need are down in the show notes below. And if you're enjoying the podcast, why not tell someone about it? Leaving us a rating and a review on the show will recommend us to other listeners and help the podcast grow, and it means the absolute world, so please, please, please do that. And while you're down there, don't forget, if you've got a story for Stage Right or Stage Right, you can email us at dramaschooldropoutpod at gmail.com or click the link to the Google form to submit your story completely anonymously. I'll be back again on Tuesday with a brand spanking new episode, but until then, have a great week, stay safe, I love ya. Drama school dropout No graduation day for you Drama school dropout Fucked your whole course, now try something new 